Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast. My name is Joe Leo. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. This podcast, just because of scheduling, it's coming out a little bit late. I know I said it would be up at 9 a.m. It's going to come out a lot later than that, almost 12, uh, 12 hours later. But it's, uh, it's a football podcast through and through. Wrapping up week 11 and previewing week 12 at the end of it with the picks. I didn't think I was going to do picks on the pod this week, but uh, you'll see at the very end. So uh, just sit back and uh, maybe if you're traveling, you know, put this on the car or in your headphones for the, for, for the flight. Uh, so sit back and, uh, and enjoy this one. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! All right, a little bit later, but not. there's been so many renditions of this podcast, not this specific episode, but this series as a whole. We've done it on Monday mornings, we've done it on Monday evenings, we've done it on Tuesday mornings, we've done it on Tuesday evenings, we're doing it on a Tuesday afternoon. November 23rd, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I just got home from my weekly radio show with Chris Lynch. Uh, I will link the the most recent episode in the description of this podcast. It has been a crazy experience to try to get this podcast episode off the ground. A lot of scheduling issues. That's not any fault of any of our, of either of us, Nick. Uh, it's just happens. what happens. Yeah, life happens. Life gets in the way, but we truck on, we move on, and we uh, the show must go on. So that with the show going on, in the, in the vein of Thanksgiving, in the light of Thanksgiving, let's start with uh, your terrible football giants, the New York football yeah. giants, yet yeah. again throwing up a dud in prime time. I've officially, last night was my official renouncing of Giants play well in prime time because they laid down like the dogs they are. And I will tell you, it was nice to be tied for a minute or two there. <laughs> nice while it lasted. Yeah, but, but it it was it was a dreadful performance. I mean, Daniel Jones barely completed over half of his passes. Barkley didn't show up. Kadarius Tony didn't show up. Well, he no, did. nobody on the offense showed up. Tony was the, really the only person to actually have a decent game on the offensive side of the ball. But even then, forty yards total and no touchdowns. Right. I mean, that's you know, no, I'm not. I'm not getting excited about that. Galladay only had one catch all night. I mean, yeah, it was embarrassing. Target. Yeah, he was only targeted once. So the thing with this. Is it, and this was your big free agent in right. the offseason, mind you. So my my takeaway from from this game is is twofold. Number one, I agree with you. I'm officially off the Giants show up in prime time bandwagon <laughs> because it has not happened once this year. And Correct. second of all, second of all, there's no way. I mean, it's there's no at this point there's no way that you can bring Dave Gettleman and his administration back next year. I mean, no. this is. This is this is awful. This is we're we're three and seven now. It's a it, it's about to be the the next the uh, the six straight losing season. Uh, Daniel Jones has has not improved from the start of the year to now. The offense has not improved. The defense has gotten markedly worse from last year. Every decision that Dave Gettleman has made as the GM has 
bend the wrong ones. So uh, I wouldn't so say there's... all of them. Majority of his moves Majority. Have, been, have been the wrong moves. I share a si- similar sentiment to you. We've got on this show the entire season and said, yeah, we were wrong in our preseason in May around Memorial Day when when I was in North Carolina. We and we were drinking team. the Giants Kool-Aid. Right, we were drinking the Giants Kool-Aid saying this team is a playoff team. We all season have said we were wrong about that and it is time to blow it up. It's the same old script again this week. This is not the team that's going to get it done. Gettleman should be fired. If you fire Gettleman, then Joe Judge is going to be fired. I said on my show this afternoon that I think Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback for this Giants team, but this upcoming draft, there's not really a quarterback to be had. I mean, yes, we will talk ourselves into a quarterback, but there's not one. It doesn't even have to be Trevor Lawrence, just a guy that you go, oh, I'm in love with this dude. He's going to be my quarterback for the next 10 years. There's not one guy in this draft. And the quarterbacks, the whole quarterback situation to me is it's like, it's almost a fool's gold situation to even talk yourself into a rookie quarterback because how many of them are working out right now? I mean, Mac Jones is the only, this, this past year's class, there was five quarterbacks taken to the first round. Mac Jones is the only one that looks like a sure thing. Well, Trevor Lawrence was the biggest Trevor Lawrence was the biggest can't-miss prospect in years, and we don't know with him right now. He's in football Siberia in Jacksonville with a, a head coach that might not see the end of the season. So we'll give some time for, for the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence. But you're right. There usually is only one guy in the draft that usually works out. It, right. And, you, and I mean, other than that, Zach Wilson has struggled. Right. Justin Fields has struggled. Trey Lance has barely even seen the field. So, funny story about Trey Lance. Yeah, I am not. Th- this was a dream that I had. This past, I okay. think it was this past Saturday, Saturday or some uh, Friday or Saturday. But okay, I, just for the sake of this story, I don't usually like remember my dreams. That like right. apparently you dream every night, but you don't remember like a good percentage of them. So mm-hmm. I had a dream that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the Cincinnati or to the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And Baker Mayfield was traded to the, to the Miami dolphins. And Trey Lance got the job and Trey Lance got the job and was the next coming of Steve young. That was my dream. I want to know what this dream says about your inner psyche. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> why I'm, I'm dreaming about other teams' quarterbacks who I don't I, – I don't really care about Jimmy G. I don't care about uh, Baker Mayfield all that much. And I don't really care, um, you know, for, for Tua Tungavailoa, even though he ripped the Jets to shreds on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Maybe I, maybe I should go to a dream – doctor or like someone who's into the the science of dreams and what this all means somewhere around here i gotta find my uh my pipe <laughs> be like tell me about your childhood <laughs> so i just yeah i don't know for the for the sake of the story you know rookie quarterbacks again lamar it really seems like he's the only one from the the darnold 
Rosen Mayfield draft, like he's the only one that worked out. It usually is only one guy. It is very rare to have a quarterback class like the Eli Big Ben Philip River class. You don't usually get mm-hmm. three. You get one. And when you have to talk yourself into guys like the Wentz and golf class, you look stupid because, yeah, is Carson Wentz a, a serviceable quarterback? Sure. Is Jared Goff? No, he's a backup. And he went first overall. I mean, let's just let's just take a rundown of the times that we've had to talk ourselves into quarterbacks in the draft. I mean, like you said, Goff and Wentz. We had uh, Winston and Mariota. Yeah. Neither of them look like great players. They're backups. Um, but that's yeah. it. Got good, solid backups. Uh, the worst offender probably being EJ Manuel when he was taken in the first round. Right, by the Bills. Um, Gino Smith early in the second round in Blaine that draft. Gabbert. And I mean, Blaine Gabbert, yeah. Christian Ponder, yeah. Jake Walker. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So, Oh, my God, Jake I'm, Walker. That's a blast from the past. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd be very – I'm very worried about what the future holds for this Giants team because obviously Daniel Jones – doesn't look like the guy you're going to need to find another quarterback somewhere. Where do you go? That was the question I was going to ask you uh, because the giants know if you want to go this route, they do have the package to do this, to trade for Aaron Rodgers. I don't, again, I don't know if I would do it. I would at least, you know, do my due diligence and offer it on the table. I don't know if I would call it into the league office if it's accepted, but I would at least ponder trading for Aaron Rodgers because the Giants do have pieces. They do have talent on this roster. And, you know, will you need those first-round picks to get offensive line help to protect Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Has he? Has Aaron Rodgers pretty much had a, a average to above-average offensive line his entire career? Yes. So it would be an adjustment for him, but there is talent on this roster to if they get Aaron Rodgers and if the, if the giants do get Aaron Rodgers, it's the biggest story of the month. Whenever it definitely is like, and he would be the golden boy because if he wins in New York, screw green Bay, no offense to Wisconsin and the Cheeseheads, But if you win in New York, you're, you're a superhero. Yes, and um, I'm not sure I would do that either for a lot of the reasons you laid out. I'm also not sure Aaron Rodgers would come to New York. I think uh, if he's going to go to a big market, it's going to be on the West Coast somewhere. But uh, I don't know. But about no, that. I would. I would definitely. I mean, that you've got. I, I, I at the moment, if, if things play out the way they're playing out right now, the Jets and Giants have four of the top seven picks next year. So. <laughs> The, there's there's ample opportunity to make this happen. And there's a few other options. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater will be available. Yeah. Well, He's no, a serviceable it's, it's stop great, gap. It's great for quarterbacks like Teddy Bridgewater because yeah. they will have a job next year. Tyrod Taylor will be available. He's he's proven that he can get the job done for a season or two. Um, and the other one, I was, I'm glad you actually asked this question because I was thinking about this scenario last night. Uh, Matt Ryan has a team op. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Matt Ryan has a team option in his deal where 
the Falcons can cut him and save a huge amount of cap space, like almost $50 million. I don't know if they would because they seem like they've built their whole strategy around holding on to him and, and drafting guys like Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley to, to kind of bring out the best in Matt Ryan. But if they decide to cut him and go with a younger quarterback, if they decide to go with a rebuild, Matt Ryan, he's, you know, he went to Boston college, you know, he's reasonably, he's from this part of the country. Maybe you kick the tires on him. Eh, Matt Ryan to me is where big Ben was a year ago, where his best football is about a year or two behind him. And he's just holding on to the glory days. I don't know if I would go to Matt Ryan because for me, He's damaged goods. It's going to be very interesting. Getting to the Jets, that was a long A block, but getting to my New York Jets and to Nick's newfound uh, team, the New York Jets, <laughs> there, has, there, there wasn't really much to be happy about on Sunday. It looks like we have a number one receiver or at least a very, very good number two in Elijah Moore. Oh, yeah, he's great. My only concern with Elijah Moore is I've seen, I, I, I'm feared, I, I fear that I have seen this story before because Denzel Mims as uh, a leaf blower is just making its entrance. I, I feel like Kornheiser. Turn. <laughs> um, so I fear that what's going on with Elijah Moore is what's going to, what happened with Denzel Mims, where towards the end of the year, Denzel Mims looked like bona fide number one option. He's going to be our our number one receiver for the next five years. And now he can't even get in the field because he's late to practice. And this regime just doesn't like him. Elijah Moore has had a couple of very, very, very good weeks, both fantasy and on the field. He is by far and away, our best offensive player with Michael Carter being right behind him. Please get well soon, Michael Carter. Please. We, we need you for the long haul. You're, you're, you're hopefully going to be our running back of the future. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the defense from a defensive minor head coach is putrid. Joe Flacco is our starting quarterback. God help us. In 2021, not what you want. Not what you want at all. Offensive line has seemed to regress a little bit in, in pass protection, which concerns me because that's where I want. Uh, that, that's where you win football games is in between the trenches. And mm-hmm. it's clear to me that yet while we have a couple of good pass rushers, we don't have an elite pass rusher to get home because – if we did, our cornerbacks wouldn't look as bad as they actually are. And our cornerbacks right. get burnt like toast on every single play. Sorry, Bryce Hall. You, haven't had, you really haven't had a good season this year after a really good season last year. He's too busy making YouTube videos. <laughs> so the future, I, there is something that did make me smile a little bit for the future. I don't mm-hmm. want to go on record and say, and you know, like a bunch of the Jets writers have from this past week, say, "Well, the we might have got crushed this week, but the future is bright." No, yeah, there is a glimmer of hope in a couple of players, but that's it. It's a glimmer. 
yeah, it's not a lot that you can hang your hat on over here in no. Jets land. And we still don't know. We're week 11. We still don't know if Zach Wilson is truly the guy. And we spent the number two overall pick on him. Yep. And you're not giving him chances to prove it either. You're starting Joe Flacco instead. Right. Which, which is a bigger problem in and of itself. Can we have I, – I feel like I've been tortured by medical staffs, the Yankees medical staff a couple, for the past couple of years, and then the Jet staff. Everything that uh-huh. I've heard from Zach Wilson was from the Cincinnati game. You know, he had a really good pregame warm-up. Warm he should be good for next week. Well, is he going to play on Sunday against Houston, or are we going to start Joe Flacco again? Well, what's going on here? I know it was right. a two-to-four-week injury, but if you're saying he's progressing, he's going to start, he's healthy – the words he's healthy have actually been dropped and we didn't play. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit unacceptable. I mean, this is your, this is supposedly your franchise guy that you're investing all this money into him and it doesn't make and all this resources in him. It doesn't make sense that they're not playing the guy. If he's, it healthy, just blows my mind. If he is healthy, I want him to play. If he's healthy, if he's not mm-hmm. healthy, then by all means, sit him, don't dress him. And it clearly, he's not healthy. But if you're saying that he's healthy, if the word that you're putting out to your fans before every single game for the past two weeks, he's healthy. He's a week away. Mm -hmm. He's going to start next week. Then start him. Then put him out there. This isn't, you know, you're not, this isn't a Flacco situation where if you play him, you're going to lose a compensatory pick. Don't play Flacco. I'd rather see Josh Johnson play than Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, really. Let's get off this. Let's get to break. And, and let's come back with, uh, with some better stuff, some college football madness. Got you. Back after this. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast.
And yeah, the Buffalo Bills are included in that because they got boat raced against uh, Indianapolis at home. So now yeah, it's not, it's suddenly not looking good for the Buffalo Bills. The, the darlings of this past year, the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills have, uh, have not been what you want. They've not been no. contenders that everybody thought they were going to be. But the wheels have. Bills- Fallen off the wagon, and uh, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans, Baltimore Ravens are there to take those spots. Even the Patriots. Well, so that that is conversations for down the road. Yes. Let's get to the madness, the utter true chaos that is the college football playoff and the college football landscape. Are you ready for rivalry week, Joe Leo? Oh, I cannot wait for Saturday for the big house to be packed with maize and blue and for Michigan to beat Ohio state for the first time. And what feels like a half century. Uh, I, everyone's saying, Oh, this is a, and I know what Ohio state just did to Michigan state to say that they blew them out is an understatement. Right. It, it, It seemed like we joke around that the big 12 is the seven on seven conference. It seems like it was that game on Saturday was a seven-on-seven practice. Yeah, yeah. It It looked like a scrimmage. It looked like the the varsity team versus the JV squad. Not even a freshman team. Like, it didn't (laughs) – Michigan State – I I hope Tucker, you know, signed that gazillion-dollar deal for all eternity at Michigan State because he's gotten destroyed by, by Ohio State the past two years. Utterly I saw, dismantled. I saw this uh, this great tweet um, during the game. It was like, "What do you even say to a team that's down fifty something to zero at halftime?" And it's like the first response was like, "I signed that contract yesterday, right?" You're right. Yeah, <laughs> the ink is dry, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> wow, they got. I mean. So I'm not afraid of Ohio State. I think Michigan can, can make it a game, and I think they could win. If Michigan plays their game the right way, I think that they can, they can steal the game against Ohio State. They can be a shoe-in for the Big Ten title game and take over that spot and in the top four that belongs to the Big Ten. The game is in Michigan, so yes. that's really the key factor, I feel. Um, I definitely agree with you. Michigan's got a shot. If, if Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins can get down to business, I mean, they're two of the best, two of the top five best running backs in the country. I mean, of course, Ohio State has another one of the top five best <laughs> running backs in the country in uh, Travion Henderson. But I, I like Michigan's chances in this game. I'm not willing to go out and say that they're going to win it, but I, I think they definitely can. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. Michigan is hungry. They haven't won the game in almost a decade. They really want it back, and they want to prove that this is their chance. They, they're, I, I, we, we know how it is on sports teams. Yeah. These guys are living for this moment, and I – I wouldn't be shocked at all if that happens. And we've got some other interesting developments, of course. I mean, Alabama 
going to Auburn for the last game of the season. I've been talking about this. I think for, I it seems like <laughs> I've been talking about this for it seems like months now that this could be upset city. Um, Georgia, I, Georgia's playing Georgia Tech. I don't think there's any way that they lose. So could they complete the undefeated set a, a season. Line that is too high for this game. Can, can the line no, be I don't Georgia think you plus a hundred? Has anybody been favored by a hundred points in college football ever? I don't think <laughs> so, but I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't be that outlandish in a in a game like today. Um, Cincinnati, of course, playing East Carolina, so it looks like in all likelihood the two undefeated regular seasons are going to finish undefeated. Um, so. That sets up an interesting situation. I can't wait to see the – I'm going to be working tonight, so I can't wait to be able to pop over and see the, uh, the playoff ranking show and see this committee twist themselves into a prep trying to rank Notre Dame ahead of Cincinnati despite Cincinnati beating Notre Dame by double digits. I can't wait for that. But um, the other game I'm really excited to see is Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. If Oklahoma State wins this game. They finish 11 and one. They would face Baylor for the S uh, for the Big 12 title and presumably win. Now they're 12 and one. Is there any situation where Oklahoma State makes the playoff? You think? As you would say, there would need to be complete and utter chaos. I think. Cincinnati would have to lose. I think Notre Dame would have to lose. I think um, I think Michigan would have to beat Ohio State for that. Mm-hmm. For, and I think Ohio State would then have to lose in the Big Ten title game. Or Michigan would have to lose in the Big Ten title game. That's how I think. Right. And, and Alabama has to lose. And, and Notre Dame is – and even if – well, Notre Dame is um, – Notre Dame is playing Stanford, so they're probably going to be fine. Of course, we, that's what we said about, about Oregon. Oregon. Right. And the Utes <laughs> took it to them. Um, yes. So, I mean, at this point, it looks like the playoff is going to – you would assume – let's assume Georgia and Cincinnati went out and they both finished 13-0 and undefeated. So, you would imagine the number one spot is obviously going to be Georgia. Yes. Um, Big Ten champion – Whoever, well, really, whoever wins this game, because it doesn't matter if it's Ohio State or Michigan, they're going to boat race Iowa. Yeah. Um, so uh, the second spot would go to that Big Ten champion. I would assume that you put Cincinnati at three, and then the fourth spot becomes a discussion. Do you take a two loss Alabama? Do you mm-hmm. take. Notre Dame, who would be 12, uh, 11 and one at that point. Do you take Oklahoma State? So that's where it would get interesting. Do you maybe take Ohio State? I don't Two think. Two loss Ohio State could get into the playoff. See, I don't think there's never been a two loss team. There's never been a two loss team. There never, but I, there never has been, but this is the year it could happen because. There's two, two, two potential two-loss teams that are ranked in the top three right now, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. And it's just now I'm, I got myself thinking, like, we've been talking all year about how 
they're going to want two SEC teams in there. Two SEC teams could make it. Which two SEC teams could make it? Maybe we had it all wrong. Maybe two Big Ten teams are going to make this thing. That would have to happen if Michigan beats Ohio State. And I just – If Michigan – I'll set up this scenario for you. If Whoops. The scenario for you if Michigan beats Ohio State by like a field goal like it's a 45 to 42 win mm-hmm. and then Michigan comfortably wins the Big Ten title game like maybe 52 to 20 or something then you we start to have that two Big Ten teams conversation I think see I think the Pac-10 Oregon single-handedly just annihilated that conference. They're not even in the conversation anymore. I think it has opened the door a little bit. There's a crack open for – because if if Alabama loses this week to Auburn, do they – I don't think they make the the SEC title game if they lose. Um. I would have to sit down and, and look at it. They Texas A&M was their, their main competition because of the win, but Texas right. A&M is out because they have three losses now. I would oh, have so to see what. Win. So they would go. So even I if think, they lose, I think they're in. So I think they would get in, but I'm not 100% sure because Ole Miss also is would be 10-2. and two. So, so Ole Miss might get in. I'm not sure way. how the SEC tiebreakers work. Either way. If Alabama gets in and loses to Georgia, that, that, that's three, three, three losses. They're out. So mm-hmm. I think what the Oregon loss does, and if Michigan beats Ohio State, well, the Big Ten's in anyway. So um, what I think this – There's what, a crack what, open for Oklahoma State, but that's about it. Yeah, or Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wins and has one loss. Yeah, they can Baylor, recover. And they – and they win a, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve title game. There's a, there's a crack open for Oklahoma, but other than that, I think this playoff is you know kind of cut and dry. Again, if Alabama is really the only team that I would say is in trouble because it's a shaky shaky Alabama team. Nobody, nobody is convinced that this Bama team has what it takes. Because it's, it's, a, it's a shaky team. It's a shaky team. We'll get off of college football with that and go back to the pro game for week 11 overreaction. Yes. Uh, Nick, you can go first this week and, and deliver your, uh, your verdict for week 11. Well, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, my overreaction I don't even know if it's really an overreaction. The the bill I have two. The Bills are in serious trouble. Okay. Um, I think the Bills are going to get passed for the division lead, and the Patriots are going to win this division. Okay. And I, the Bills are going to end up as like maybe a six or a seven seed. I mean, they have not looked good the past couple of weeks. The the loss to to Jacksonville was just unforgivable. Mm-hmm. And then to get utterly embarrassed in your own building by the Indianapolis Colts, who are not a great team. I mean, this is this is not what you want to see. I mean, they <laughs> they cannot find a running game. Singletary has made a huge step back. Um, Zach Moss has not stepped up. 
They, they don't have a, a real running game to fall back on. They, they, the passing game is still solid, but the, the running game, they, they can't run the ball, and the defense has taken a major step back. How are you allowing 41 points in your own building? Yeah, the, the, so, uh, the raucous Buffalo, the, the Bills Mafia, they weren't, uh, they weren't rocking. I mean, they didn't really have any chance to rock. But no, it was, it was just an utter disappointment all around. And they're um, in the position that the Chiefs are in a, a couple of weeks ago, where they can't really run the ball. Yeah. They have to rely on their MVP type quarterback to to save them and put the cape on, and their defense has taken a huge step back. And I, uh, my second overreaction is uh, somewhat tied to what we were just talking about because. It involves the game that the Chiefs were playing. And it's also somewhat tied to a, one I had a few weeks ago. The Cowboys are done. <laughs> My next overreaction, the Philadelphia Eagles are winning this division. So you are joining me from my, my overreaction last week and semi-prediction from last week that the Philadelphia Eagles will win out and, uh, and win this division Fly, Eagles, fly, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Yes. I mean, we looked at their their records. They have an easy schedule left to go. They just did the first part that they needed to do and took the Saints behind the woodshed, 40 (laughs) points. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the ultimate stat compiler leading the way. He is such – he's the best – is he the best garbage time quarterback we've had since, like, Phillip Rivers? Yes, easily. I mean, and, and Miles Sanders comes back and he has, he's had a miserable season all year and somehow looks good his first time back. <laughs> you know, they find these receive Devontae Smith had a nice game. Goddard had a nice game. They just find these players, you know, Boston Scott shows up and has a nice day. It doesn't matter that Quez Watkins suddenly disappeared and doesn't know how to catch the football anymore because they have the ultimate stat compiler on their team I think the Eagles and the the defense is just good enough to shut people down I think the Eagles are going to back into a playoff spot at nine and eight and uh and the cow like I said the Cowboys are done this is how the the fact that the Chiefs have the worst defense I said I was working the bar while I was watching this game and I said this to my guests like I can't believe what I'm watching. The Chiefs have the worst defense, and you can only manage to muster up three field goals against them. I mean, it was an embarrassing performance from the Cowboys. It was a Cowboysian November-December performance from Dallas. Yes. It 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 happens every year. Uh, My overreaction, and it is, again, sort of a quasi-prediction, yeah. And it involves three teams. Okay. I believe, and I don't know what team this is going to be of the two, but I believe that Pete mm-hmm. Carroll will either be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars or our New York Jets in 2022-23. I think his team <clears throat> in Seattle is over. And he will be coaching for somewhere else next year. Personally, I think it's going to be Jacksonville. I don't think the Jets are going to get rid of Salah that quickly. Um, but I think Carroll 
or have a reunion with Pete Carroll. So I think Pete Carroll will be the, the, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars shortly after this season concludes. Pete Carroll and Trevor Lawrence working together. I am intrigued. Yeah. Chew on yeah. that one for a while. I like that. I like that a lot. So that's it. Def- and you're right. It definitely feels like the Seattle era is coming to a close. It definitely feels like with, with the, the way they've collapsed over the past few weeks, it definitely feels like John Schneider is going to want to head in another direction this offseason. So I like it. I like it a lot. I think that's a good place to end. I, I really feel like I'm hitting a stride. with. The, it's not even really overreactions. I mean, last week was. Bold prediction, yeah. Last week was an overreaction. That is just validated this week with, with, with Philly. Uh, I'm riding my mm-hmm. coattails on the fans that celebrate by eating horse poop. Yeah. Um, and throw sa- snowballs at Santa Claus. So let's go Eagles. Until the fly end of the year. Fly. So that my prediction slash overreaction. This one's just a bold prediction. It, it, it is kind of an overreaction to how Seattle just mm-hmm. like the, the wheels have fallen off that bandwagon. Yeah, the, they have. They are. And they could have won that game. They could have won that game against Arizona. But, you know, Jamal Adams I mean, can't cover listen, for, Well, real talk. I mean, for all the, the, the uh, trash we talk on the New York football Jets. I mean, how they come out really smelling like roses on that deal, the the Jamal Adams deal. They that might and be one Sam of the Darnold worst deals. Deal. And the Sam Darnold deal. Yeah, that that that, but especially that Adams deal. That might end up being one of the worst deals the Seahawks have ever made. Well, we'll see. They gave up what... all this draft capital, and he's probably going to want out of there this offseason. We'll see what happens. Well, he just got paid. He just got Seattle gave him a ton of money. So he's there long term. Yeah, look where it got him. We'll see what that number, the the first overall pick or that the first round draft pick that they gave up for Jamal Adams turns to because it could turn into a pile of horseshit. Like it could. So it could be a bad trade for both teams. We'll see about that. But I think that's a good place to end. Nick, now's your time to roll the red carpet out for you. Tell the people what you got going on. You got a movie review, movie review, and all that sort of stuff. I do. Oh, go, go ahead. I do. I'm back, with, I'm back with the movie content. So, yeah, my name is uh, Nick Paradies. You can find me on all social medias at Nick Paradies. You can find me at uh, CHI Programming on Twitter, at Children's Programming on Instagram. Uh, we just released our latest episode with the YouTube history teacher sensation, Mr. Beat. It was awesome to have him on the show. I'm, um, Really cool discussion about, uh, you know, politics and kind of the way the world is right now and the importance of education, the importance of sports, because we talked a little Chiefs. He's a Chiefs fan. Um, he is a bold sports prediction. Speaking of which, he thinks, uh, I, I'm going to tease this, but he thinks a certain former NFL running back is going to run for president not too far in the future. Huh. I haven't listened to this I think the latest you, episode, but that's interesting. I think you might know where I'm going, but I have if, no if idea. You, if, I have no idea. Hmm, so I I'll tell you episode. off the air. Okay. I'll tell you off the air. And and you can of course listen, as can all of our beautiful viewers and listeners. Um and yeah, I'm back with the movie content. So I've been on a Ben Affleck kick lately. 
and I've been on a Boston kick lately. And that, of course, has led me to rewatching two of his classic, classic efforts, uh, Gone Baby Gone and The Town. Can we talk, Gone Baby Gone especially, is there, there have been few better twists in crime movies, wouldn't you say? In crime Just an movies? incredible. Yes. It, one of the one of the best twists in all time in, in that genre. I mean, would you classify the usual suspects as a crime movie? Because I would. I would. I think that's the best movie yeah, that, twist ever. That so. is the coup de gras of movie twists. Is the usual. Yeah. Not only is it a fantastic movie for comedic purposes and storyline purposes and and the twist. Right. Yeah, I gotta watch. It's e- it's either it's either that or Psycho. I think I gotta watch The Usual Suspects again. That oh, that's such a but great the, movie. But the thing, the I I love those twists, and I do I, I love those movies, and I do think that those twists are are well deserved in their place in pop culture. But it's it almost it, it I feel like after a certain point, it's kind of like The Sixth Sense, like um. The, the twist is so good and so famous and so awesome that it's kind of a known thing, even among people who haven't seen the movie. And one of the reasons I really like Gone Baby Gone is because it it still kind of feels like it's my little secret. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it's a popular movie and a, a lot of people have seen it, it's not quite talked about in, in those, that category. And so, you know, you know it, you know what happens you know what to look we out know. for and, and yeah <laughs> exactly but not a lot of other people do but you know great great movie i'm one of the best boston set movies of all time the town is casey phenomenal. affleck the town is phenomenal too ben affleck is a great director i wish he would do more stuff argo is fantastic that's the first director yeah one that i've seen of that i saw of his that's an mm-hmm. i actually saw that that's in- picture winner argo yeah, I saw that in theaters when that when that came out. Yeah. That was awesome. Great, that's I still haven't movie. seen his. I still haven't seen his latest one, uh, "Live by Night." I still haven't watched that one. Neither but. have I. So maybe that's our homework for next week over the Thanksgiving yeah, holiday. Yeah, definitely. I think that's all good. right. Happy Thanksgiving, Nick. To you. Happy and Thanksgiving, yours. Joe. Uh, I will definitely talk to you throughout the week, and uh, we'll get to so, so, uh, Saturday. We will talk probably extensively with all the college football going on and all the scenarios that will be unfolding in front of us. Plus we got some movie homework to do. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, can't wait, dude. Thank you for, for coming on again. Um, I definitely have to come on your show soon and I have to, don't even tell me, don't even tell me who the, the, the running back is. I want to listen to the episode and be surprised. So, gotcha. um, so again thank you so much happy thanksgiving and i will talk to you soon brother all right see you around my friend you know a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily that's how long it takes me to tell a story my name is aaron calafato and i'm the creator of seven minute stories i'm proud to partner with evergreen podcasts and i'd like to invite you to join me on this journey i'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style and together We're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. To close out.
about the podcast. He was so good. I have to bring him back again. The lo- Jack, you got my you're my lucky charm, man. I, I've tried to rearrange the mojo. I went three and one with you. A late, kind of crazy Sunday night football game. The only is re- the only loss that I had. Thank you to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Jack, with your bonus pick, we were talking about this before we got on air. You went five and zero. Oh. Yeah, you were the first guest to go five and zero oh with the picks, so it is only right <laughs> in the in the honor of Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving mood, we come back and we give the people some some more free money if they, if they choose to. They're five and zero oh with you right now. So if they bet, <laughs> That's if, if they're riding it, yeah. If they bet all their games, if you parlay, I don't know what that parlay would would have hit if you went five. If you bet all those uh those games together but yeah i I didn't even know i didn't even look at the odds i I wish i had now we we will do the odds for i will look up the odds put them attached to uh the tweet of this podcast when this goes out and i will also put the odds for all for both of our picks because i mean three three and one's not bad no no it's good man yeah well combined we were what eight of eight of nine like eight and one so one so that yeah i mean you're winning money you you haven't won money that much all year with the locks on this podcast but last week if you bet we're turning a new leaf we're turning a new leaf and jack since you you're undefeated you get to go first (laughs) again and uh let's Week 12, the week of Thanksgiving, three games to, for you to choose from on Thursday. Are you choosing any of those games? And uh, you can go first. Yeah, I am. So we uh, we were on air just for two minutes before this, and uh, I was talking about how my, my bonus one of the Lions at plus 10 uh, hit last week. Mm-hmm. Now, the only reason I did that is just because it's for somehow the Lions are keeping games scrappy, but I can't foresee this game being like that. Um, the Bears and the Lions is the first game of the slate. It's the 12-30 game, and the Bears are minus three, so they're favored by three points. Now, I don't think that's that's anywhere near what I think this game's going to be. We, you know, we know Andy Dalton is starting. We know Fields is out. I I really like Fields, but I think Dalton just just brings a bit more fluidity, a bit more con- consistency, and. Crazy stat. Um, I was listening to another podcast actually as well, and they were talking a little bit about this. How Tim Boyle has a job is actually insane. And now this isn't just based on purely like what he can do as a as a football player. I don't know if you know this, Joe. In college, he threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions in his career. How is he being paid $2.5 million to sit on a bench? How, Joe? Like, oh. I, I don't understand the sport sometimes. I, I don't get it. Like, like surely you and me could have done that. Like, if you if you put me in a pocket, yeah, you know, like I don't know, wrong profession. So I I really can't see the 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 Lions covering here. You know, it's a field goal, but I can see them going up. Darnell Mooney's great. I don't think Alan Robinson will be back, but Darnell Mooney is really coming out as like a breakout receiver this year. So um, I'm taking the Bears every day minus three. Uh, just like the Dolphins pick last week, that it was your first pick. I am in lockstep with you again. Nice. Give me, give me the Bears and the three in uh, in Detroit. This game is always horrible to watch. <laughs> it's always every year. It, it is not entertaining. 
some people like sometimes I forget it's on and you know you you click yep. it in the second quarter and you go oh well, I haven't missed much it's three nothing so we got David Blau last year do you remember that yes we do you remember that? Like, so what, 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 what have we done to deserve this? Why did the Lions play every single Thanksgiving with these rubbish quarterbacks? It, it is Tim Boyle, who won touchdown with 13 <laughs> interceptions in his collegiate career against Andy Dalton, who some should some would say should have been out of a job two years ago. So yeah. that yeah. is that's going to start off your Thanksgiving day with, uh, with football. And what better way to have... Th- the, to spend it than to have some action on it and, and actually play the Bears. So I uh, I also think start David Montgomery everywhere. I know he didn't play that well this week, but the Lions give up a lot to the run. He's absolutely going to be great this week. I think. I hope. Anyway, I, I own. I traded for him just before my trade deadline in the league. So I, I hope that um, that Herbert gets some action because if it, I have a feeling it could be a Philly sort Maybe. of what Philly did, and they just you know every single running back gets a touchdown. I, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to argue here because it looked really good for Montgomery. He had 95.7% of snaps going into last week. And I know he didn't play well, but that's, I think that's always a really good, like kind of gauge to look at, like right. how much did he play? And he played a lot. So I, I was happy to see that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. My next pick. And by the way, I have five picks. Uh, so <laughs> that's just one of them. I, I am feasting for thanksgiving on these picks because i think a lot of these lines are a little off the next one my number two is buffalo on thanksgiving so i have the afternoon start and the evening cap so i'm going to sandwich in between the turkey some some action here buffalo minus the five and a half in new orleans i think this is a game where they're going to play angry just like they played angry against the jets everyone doesn't think that they're good they don't deserve all the hype. I think this is a Josh Allen coming out party. Um, New Orleans, you can run the ball on them. So I, so I think both Allen and the group of running backs, Singletary and Moss, are going to have decent days on the ground. They should because they have no running game so far this year, really. They yeah, no, they don't. That. And the defense gets a chance to feast on Trevor Simeon, who, again, should not be an NFL quarterback. He is a no. glorified backup. So Buffalo minus the five and a half. What say you for your second pick? I, I'm going to say I, I kind of like the narrative of the, of the get right kind of game. I, I do like that. And it's also shocking to see the Bills are seventh in the AFC right now. You know, people don't realize that they're actually dropping, you know, they're not leading the division anymore. The Pats are pretty good. So it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see what happens there. Um, so for me, this one was eye-opening. One of those ones where I, I look at it, I also think it's, it's worth mentioning as well to anyone watching or listening that it's a Tuesday that we're recording. So yeah. the lines aren't lines set. Yeah. Fluctuate, yes. They will fluctuate dependent on what happens and dependent on like what the betters are doing as well. So um, for me, I, every game I've picked here, I I'm picking the team that is playing away from home. This is a little spoiler. So I, I'm the picking road, the eat. Great road. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a no, it's a road matchup for me. So I, I'm going with the Eagles at the giants at minus three and a half. I just oh. think that, the Eagles are coming off two huge wins against the Saints and the Broncos, two teams that have been playing well, and they've dominated. And what I love to see is that Jalen Hurts is finally looking good. You know, he's in, in the start of the year, a lot of people were really off on him because he, as a fantasy quarterback, awesome, was putting up great numbers, but he wasn't getting the job done. 
He's finally doing that now. He's trusting Devontae Smith. He's running more. He had three rushing touchdowns this week. And I think they're utilizing him more. They're not just running for the sake of running. They're doing design plays and they're passing when they need to. And the Giants, like, I watched that game last night. It was painful. Daniel Jones looked terrible. I know it's a divisional matchup, but I just think the Eagles run away with this. Um, I think they get up early and, you know, take it from there. I looked at it. I think the Eagles will definitely win the game. Um, this game's always wacky. They always mm. usually play around Thanksgiving or Christmas in uh, MetLife now or Giant Stadium before. And it's mm. always just a weird, wacky game. So I'm going to stay away. But I do think the Eagles will win that game. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Tampa Bay minus two and a half in Indianapolis. I think this line... The reason why it's so low is because of what Indy just did to Buffalo. Um, I think giving less than a field goal to, to Brady and Brady looked fantastic last night. I know he had one blemish with the pick and that pick, you know, hit off. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, it hit off yeah. Evan's hands. So yeah. he's, he played pretty much, you know, a flawless game. Yeah. He looks like the MVP of the league. So I know that defense can be a little shaky at times and there could be a potential for a backdoor cover, but I just, Tampa Bay is better than Indy in all facets of the game, including coaching. I will take Bruce Arians over Frank Reich any day of the week. So give me Tampa Bay minus the two and a half. This is another one. I think that this is one interesting that I like that you like this as a lock. And I think this is why we, it's good that we talk about these things because this is another one that I would stay away from personally. It's, yeah. I don't like those close matchups because I think the Colts are really good. Like, like going into that game, the Buffalo had, you know, supposedly the best run defense and look what Jonathan Taylor did to them. <laughs> I think he's on an absolute tear right now and he, like he's going to get two touchdowns. Like you just know he will. So I'm, I, I would struggle to go with that. But honestly, like we, we were riding a high, so let's, uh, let's go Why with not? it. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Um, so for me, this was my, uh, this is my, I went half and half favorites and underdogs here. And um, so the next two picks are going to be underdogs. So I'm picking the the, the Steelers um, at plus four against the Bengals. Now, this one's tough because I, I really went after the Bengals last week and I explained as to why I think that they were, I thought it was a silly line and they were going to cover against the Raiders and, and they did. Um, they didn't look as good as I thought they would. Joe Burrow didn't, you know, light it up like I thought they would. Um, I think that Raiders organization is falling apart a little bit as we see the stuff that happened with Gruden and Rux. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really like these divisional matchups. You got a, Big Ben is 24 and nine against the Bengals. He doesn't tend to lose against them very often. And I know it's it's not the Big Ben of old. Like no, everyone knows that. It's weekends at Bernie's, as I like yeah, to say. Yeah, I know. But what I like is that Najee Harris is going to be able to run the ball. He's an absolute menace. They're going to give him volume. And I love Deontay. Claypool finally had a decent game again. And they look good against the Chargers. I mean, I know that they were down 17 going into the fourth, but they ended up covering that spread, which a lot of people didn't pick. I picked that at plus five and a half. And I know I know you, you liked the Chargers last week, but I just think like th this could be a one field goal game. Uh, I could see it going that way. And I, and I kind of... I, I just don't like betting against the Steelers that often if I can help it. And, you know, when they're an underdog, I normally tend to go for them. I, it's just the way I feel, you know? They're an interesting team that I just last week cemented it. I don't want to bet for or against them. They're just a complete stay away team to me because they're Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know mm -hmm. what Steeler team you're going to get. However, fantasy implications. 
I love Pat Fryermuth this week. Oh, the muse. Because, uh, and you could you, you can say that for your pod because this, <laughs> Waller destroyed him. So yeah, and Waller, I mean, he's arguably the best tight end in the league. Mm. What Fryermuth can do in that offense, I think he is easily, you know, eight catches and a touchdown against Cincinnati. So that's the only thing that I would say is, you know, yeah. if you got Fryermuth or if you're in into the daily. Um, play Fryermuth on Sunday because I think he's going to feast to get because Cincinnati can't cover tight ends. They just can't yeah. cover tight ends. I, my only fear would be that Ebron gets an end zone target because now he's back and he had yeah. a really good stretch and mu- the Muth was not <laughs> as loose this game. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't as loose. I, I think it just having Ebron back, like you, we know Big Ben likes to go to his tight ends. We've mm-hmm. seen it for years, you know, when, when tight ends have been there. It doesn't really matter who they are. But, you know, I, I love, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Pat Frymuth. Um, it's just, I just think it's going to be more of a 50-50 kind of split. And yeah, but I mean, honestly, like this is the this is a week where Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey are both out at the tight end position. So if you can stream Pat Frymuth, I think it's great, you know? Yeah, why not? My fourth one, this is a general principle game. It is the Rams plus the one in Green Bay. Uh, I think the... Rams defense is better than the Green Bay defense. I think the Rams coming off the bye. I know, Jack, you love teams coming off the bye. I think they mm-hmm. have a week to get Odell in something in the offense. It's not just, oh, hey, if Odell's on the field, he's most likely going to get the ball. You actually have him in the rhythm of some uh, some of the offense. I think Design Cooper, plays. Right. I think Cooper Cup's going to have a good game. Daryl Henderson could have a good game. I, I just I know it's probably going to be freezing cold, and it's an LA yeah. team. It's a warm other team in the frozen tundra, but <laughs> I like McVeigh over uh, Lafleur. I like Stafford in this matchup better than I, I like Aaron Rodgers, especially with Rodgers reaggravating his toe injury. Yeah. So, uh, and the defense, you got Von Miller another week into the yeah. I was going to mention the that playbook as well. So. I think this to me is a very similar game to when Brady went to LA where everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be a classic game. It's going to be close. And then the Rams just blew blew the doors off at Tampa Bay. Mm. I think something similar. I could see this being like a 10 point Rams win. I, I don't see green Bay. Green Bay is one of those teams where the bye can't come soon enough. Seriously. They're beaten and battered and they just need to get healthy and it can't come soon enough. And I think it's going to be a look ahead. They're going to be like, oh, great. We got the bye next week. They're not going to really, you know, step up for the Rams who are coming off rest and have two absolute studs integrated into the offense and defense. So Yeah, Rams and I, I don't think Aaron Jones is playing this week. They're going to give him another week to rest. Right. Uh, so, so it'll be the A.J. Dillon show. Um, yeah, I, I like this. As you said, I think getting those pieces in, integrated into the offense this week, designing plays for Odell Beckham, getting Von Miller up to speed with Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, it's just going to be a formidable force. And then Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. So, yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, that's one I haven't really looked at myself, but I probably could see myself going that way too. Um, so we haven't picked the same games here, which is interesting. Um, so I, I've gone with the Vikings at the 49ers plus three for the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings there. I just, I, 
I'm quite. I know that it's, it's it's a home favorite. I'm just quite surprised that the 49ers are favored in this. I think there's a bit of a recency bias with that huge win against the the Rams. I can't see the 49ers coming out and doing the same thing again. I know they look good against Jacksonville, and I know they covered that. But I, yeah, and exactly, and I know they covered that spread fairly easily. But people underestimate the Vikings, right? Their record's five and five. They could quite easily be eight and two. And I don't think people realize this when they started zero and zero and three. Their cumulative points that they lost by over those three games was seven. They lost by seven total points, two field goals and a one-point game. So, you know, it's not like they've just been out, down and out of games. They haven't been getting smashed and they've just come off wins against the, Ra- uh, sorry, the Ravens beat them and they just beaten the Chargers and the Vikings. Um, I wrote the Vikings. It wasn't the Chargers. They just Green won Bay. this great Green Bay. Sorry. Um, they've just come off wins against the Chargers and Green Bay. Like, they're a good team. Justin Jefferson's legit. Dalvin Cook's legit. And, you know, I think that 49ers are just going to get brought back down to earth by a really good team. You know, they're going to be coming off winning against the Jags. You know, they're still riding that high of that, that Rams game. And I just think the Vikings have a good team that, you know, I don't think people realize. So I, 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 I like this. I like the Vikings, you know, maybe scoring earlier on. I love it when you have a team that is like down in the spread. As in, like you know, they've got the plus three in this uh-huh. in this instance, and them scoring early. I can see the Vikings doing that, you know, because it just gives that like booster to the to the spread and stuff, makes you feel a bit more confident. But yeah, I'm taking the Vikings at uh, a plus three here. This one to me, uh, the Vikings, a long time ago, were a you have no idea. They're like the Steelers. You have no idea if you know good Kirk Cousins is going to walk into the stadium or bad Kirk Cousins is going to walk mm-hmm. into the stadium. I agree with you that this line is a little inflated. Um, I think it should be more towards a pick em because I think these teams are very, very similar. Money line. Yeah. Um, so that's a stay away from me. But I, <laughs> yeah. I would, if, you know, if I had to choose, I would, I would go and ride with, with Minnesota. Yeah. My last one on Sunday night. So I have almost, you know, bookends. I'm not mm-hmm. touching the Monday night game because that's just, you know, a pile of steaming dog shit. Uh, Seattle and Washington. Oh, God. Baltimore. I got Baltimore minus the four on Sunday night football against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, you know, has resorted back to being the Browns. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is angry at the media for saying that he, you know, is healthy and is playing like crap and he's hurt and, you know, he doesn't want to talk to the media anymore. Yeah. So they've just become a circus again. And Yes, their defense is good. Uh, I believe Lamar is going to play for this game. Yeah, he'll be fine. So, so will Hollywood. Right. So they'll have their they'll have the A squad back, and I just think they're flat out better. And I think you know that this could be an embarrassment type game where Lamar just has an insane game and just takes it over, and you know, Cleveland doesn't have an answer. So um, and the, the- minus the four. Yeah, I like this one. The Browns, you know, they just beat the Lions, like barely, who right. had Tim oh, had Tim Ball, which was what we were talking about. So, yeah, I, I like this one. I'm definitely picking the Baltimore at that one as well. Um, my final one, this is one I didn't really do a big write-up on, but I'm, I'm going to be a homer here, and I'm going to pick the Falcons at minus one against the Jags because I understand the Falcons aren't good. Don't get me wrong. They lost by 25. Uh, I think the cumulative score they've lost is 68 to three the last two games. So yeah. it's really not selling it. But they're playing the Jags. So, it, you know, it, I really don't... Th- they played Dallas and they played New England, two really good teams, you know, really playing well. 
I really like the Falcons. Have, they have five wins. Oh no, they have four wins. God, I, I'm I'm not even yeah, sure myself. Four and six. Yeah, they're four and six. You know, they're still in the, the run for the playoffs. The Jags aren't. And I, I know it's in Jacksonville, but I just can see Matt Ryan going in there after getting a pummel in the last two weeks. It's going to be a lot weaker defense. I know, I think this does hinge a lot on getting Corderell Patterson back because yeah. I don't think the offense realized quite how important he was, the Swiss army knife of, of the offense. You know, he, he just has every, he can just do everything. I think if he's back, I think, he, uh, you know, they'll be okay. And I think he will be because he almost played on the weekend. So I, I think Corderell Patterson will be back. And I, I can just see the, the Falcons win that by a touchdown or two. Um, and that being a comfortable win for them. Um, I'm hoping at least. Maybe this is the home part of me talking. So hey, we'll see. Hey, you feel strong in your team, I've done yeah. it. I've fallen victim to it with the Jets. So, And it's not a big number. It's not no. a big number at all. It's, it's one. So yeah, exactly. Just, just to go over the picks again, we both have Chicago on Thanksgiving minus the three. I have Buffalo minus the five and a half. You have Pittsburgh plus the plus four. Plus four. I have Tampa Bay minus two in the hook. Then you have Eagles minus three and a half against the Giants. Okay. I have. Rams plus the one in Green Bay. I have the Vikings plus three at the 49ers. And then I finish it off with Baltimore minus four on Sunday night football. Yeah. And I have the Falcons uh, at Jacksonville minus one. All all the games I'm taking, I'm taking the team that is playing away from home. So I'm really hoping that home team advantage doesn't do well this week. And by the way, I think that of the home teams this week, going into last night's game, I think they were one and eight. So I yeah. think Tampa won. So I think it was two and eight it finished. But maybe I don't know. Maybe like subconsciously, that's what I'm going for again. Hey, home field advantage over the past year has just non-existent. You know, yeah, it's been mute. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore. And I think that's why all these lines. And again, we are doing this on Tuesday afternoon, so you know the lines will you know ebb and flow Fluctuate. as the money comes in. But. Mm-hmm. You know, home field advantage. Vegas is having a hard time, yeah, not knowing what home field advantage actually is anymore. But yeah, I have a really good feeling about this week, partially because of how good we did last week. <laughs> yeah, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. Give the appreciate, Joe. You can tell people what you got going on, your socials, all that, your show, where they can find it, all that. Red carpet's yours. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Jack, at Jack Hopkins one. Uh, it's J A C Hopkins one, and um, I record a podcast with uh, a couple of buddies from that uh, Joe knows very well from our class. A uh, couple of guys who've been on this show. Uh, we are the Four Horsemen of Fantasy. Um, so you can find us on Instagram. Our podcasts go live on YouTube. So we're, we're trying to transfer them over, maybe to a Spotify or um, or something like that at some point soon. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, the most recent episode, I listened to a little bit of it. We mentioned this last night in our class. <laughs> it's the best one you've guys done. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I have to finish this one because I, I just caught like the first, you know, 15 Yeah, the start's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I got to go back and, and watch that. But Jack, so, thank you so much for coming on. It is, Appreciate it, Joe. It's a pleasure to have a guest for this segment. And yeah. you again, you are my good luck charm. I hope you have a great weekend, my my friend, and I will see you on uh, on Monday. Yeah, thanks. Have a good Thanksgiving, Joe.
on this side of the coin, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and of course this podcast. I know it went a little long, I don't remember the last time, and it went over an hour. I think it's been two years since the pod went over an hour, so again, happy Thanksgiving, um, hope you can digest this along with, well, the turkey and stuffing and pie and mashed potatoes. I know I said it a little out of order, but you know, to each their own, whatever, whatever floats your bo- boat on Thanksgiving, floats your boot. Um, <laughs> today's just been off the rails recording this. Um, leave some feedback on Twitter. Uh, I will also leave some polls if you're on Spotify for, for the pod, um, whether you like the longer format. And I, wa- I want some feedback on this episode, so please tweet me at NotTheFakeJLeo. Got some stuff on the blog cooking up, some Major League Baseball stuff, some you know NBA quarter season trade machine. Uh, the, the tires are kicking around on that, so be on the lookout for that. Subscribe over there so you can get a notification when a post goes live. Again, if you've reached this point in the podcast, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. Download the show. It means more to the show than you know. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. And yeah, again, last time I'm saying it. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and yours. Hope everyone's happy and healthy. Hope you have a great weekend. And until next time, a week from today, actually. It's closing time. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Peace.